Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Jacob Albrock. Tommy Kester, this is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody. It's Sports Daily. It's Jake Balbrock and Tommy Castor here. Jad Chambers producing. Glad to be here with you on this Wednesday coming up. Uh, on the show today, we'll have Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul in for a bi-weekly visit. Get his take on the state of the Shockers ahead of conference season, which begins for them tomorrow night. Should be a lot of fun there. Uh, we'll look back on a K-State game. I think that had K-State fans sweating a bit last night Uh, some news for the football team and its coaching staff and maybe some potential transfer news as well for Kansas State Uh, should be a lot of fun to get to there we'll also give away some HTO coffee today Uh, we will do that at some point here during the show so make sure you stay tuned for your opportunity uh, to win that that'll come on the KFH hotline at 869-1240 Uh, You've got Wichita State women's basketball against Rice tonight on KFH. That at 645. It is a a busy day here. It's a busy Wednesday. Welcome into the new year. Tommy, how are you this morning? I'm good. Busy day for sure. Glad to be here this midweek edition. A lot to get to, uh, especially in the world of K-State. We talked football, basketball, all of that. A lot to talk about today on the show. Let's start with basketball since they played last night, and then we'll get to the news about the offensive coordinator. We'll get to the news about Will Howard as well. Um, I, <laughs> we were looking at that in the office, in the TV office yesterday, and it's like 21 and a half. Mm, I don't think I'm taking 21 and a half at any point right now uh, for K-State. Well, it was closer than that. Chicago State led at halftime over the Cats. K-State had a stretch there at the end of the first half and beginning of the second where they were able to get that thing under control. They did end up winning the game. Uh, They won at 62-55. Chicago State does have a win over Northwestern. But, you know, as we talk about it yesterday, Tommy, and all the Big 12 teams sitting up high in the the Ken Palm rankings and all of these things, K-State's got something to prove here in the conference schedule, which begins this weekend against UCF. Uh, It'll be a home game to start things off Saturday at 5 o'clock. They've got some things to prove. I, right now, I think you're looking at a team that 
you know, we think could be a tournament team. It's far from a, a sure thing. I don't know what it will take. Certainly, Naquan Tomlin would have helped. I think you just sort of have to roll through this and hope Jerome Tank and coach these guys up and win enough conference games. But it, it will be, you know, it will. It's certainly not a sure thing. I think at this point. Well, the fact that they're ten and three is remarkable coming out of the non-conference after watching the way they played last night, watching the way that they played in a couple of those overtime games. I mean, they could easily be uh, eight and eight and five or something like yeah. that. You know, seven and six potentially. I mean, there were a couple of games that could have gone either direction for the Wildcats. And so the fact that they get out a non-conference play with the record of ten and three, with the way that the team has been constructed, no Naquan Tomlin, Quez Glover has been out the entire non-conference, and I know Jerome Tang is concerned about whether or not he'll even be able to play in conference play after kind of re-aggravating another injury. Uh, the fact that they've been able to finish the non-conference where they did, it's a testament to the way that Jerome Tang coaches, the way that he's been able to kind of assemble this piecemeal roster and having guys like Tyler Perry, Arthur Kaluma, Cam Carter still be able to contribute at a high level. This team is not at its ceiling by any means, but I, I do think that it is uh, – I think you can look at it from a very positive viewpoint that they're 10 and three right now, because it easily could have been a whole lot worse. It's taken overtime wins over North Alabama and Oral Roberts um, losses. The losses aren't bad, right? Nebraska, Miami and USC. So not bad losses by any means. It's what I mean. It's not that it's been yeah. bad. It's not been great. It's not been bad. It's just been very, very unpredictable. I don't know. And and I don't think that's going to change going into the Big 12. I don't know what you have to finish in the Big 12 this year to get into the tournament. I mean, I think a best case scenario is eight teams, right? Right now, there's eight inside the top 40 of the Ken Palm. I don't think we're going to see the Big 12 send nine teams. I don't, you know, I, as good as they're going to be, and it may deserve to send that many, I don't think it will. So it'll probably be eight at best. And then you're looking at a situation where you've got to be better right now than teams that are considered inside the top 40. K-State is not yet. They certainly won't be after that game last night. They have some work to do in the conference. There's no question about it. I don't think uh, Tyler Perry has been the player they thought he would be. He's been far from it right now. Will he all of a sudden find his shot? I'm not sure. But Cam Carter has stepped up in that absence, I think. Kaluma's been really good at times. They need him to be. They have to have it, uh, as he had 14 and 13 last night. And and you know, they, it'll just it, they're gonna it, they're gonna have to grind it out, right? Grind out enough wins here. It, it's not. I don't think we're gonna see like this ne next switch that K State will hit, and then all of a sudden be something that they haven't been. I think they'll be some version of what they have been, and they'll have to. Again, grind it out to get enough wins to try to get into the NCAA tournament. It's not pretty for the Wildcats, and I don't think it's going to necessarily be right. pretty for the Wildcats as the non-conference season goes on. It doesn't mean they can't win conference games. It doesn't mean that they can't compete in the top half of the conference you know, or even potentially be maybe a top four or five team in the Big 12. I don't think that's out of the question. But it's not going to be pretty. We're not going to sit back and watch all of these conference games and say, man, that was a beautiful display of basketball by the Wildcats. I'm not sure that's really the way that this team is set up and, and positioned to be. So you, ha you have to live with that. You have to deal with that. You, know, you have to be able to 
you know, make lemons out of or make lemonade out of the lemons that you've been given. And, you know, so that I mean, if that means that you don't have Quez Glover for the year, then so be it. If it means that you find ways to win with Tyler Perry, not particularly shooting the ball well, so be it. You know, if you have to rely on David Gasson and it looks like you're going to have to to be the, the presence down low and Cam Carter as well, then so be it. I mean, that's the way this team is built. And they're going to have to try to go into conference play and win games the way that they are assembled right now. And and we'll see. Again, it's UCF on Saturday, and then they come back on a, on a relatively quick turn and go to West Virginia on Tuesday. And then they'll be on the road all week next week, which will be difficult. Um, right now, West Virginia looks like, you know, it's one of it is the bottom team so far in the Big 12. Um, and, and UCF, you know, this is interesting too. UCF is another one of those teams right now that it is not near the top and, but they're just ahead. K-State fell and UCF jumped them as of today from yesterday. So that wasn't the case yesterday. It is now, but again, you're opening conference play with two games against teams that are not inside that top group right now, again, just based on metrics and nothing else. So that's good news. Uh, for K-State gives them a chance to get off to a quick start, but it also provides a little bit of pressure. You need to go two and zero to start the conference season. And one of those games is on the road at a tough place to play. Uh, so that is, you know, something that we'll keep a close eye on. And and I, I, I would predict Tommy that we're all over the place with K-State in the conference season, right? We'll have, we'll have days here where we are frustrated. We'll have days here where we're really impressed uh, and probably some in between, but I, I don't see some stretch of a bunch of wins or a bunch of losses. And it, you know, this battle of attrition that we know this league is already going to be, K-State probably fits into the middle part of that, and that's where they're going to have to finish. Basically, if you're K-State, you got to be better than UCF. you got to be better than West Virginia. you got to be better than Oklahoma State. Those, that's not, like, that has to happen. You have to be better than those three teams. Um, you also are probably, so that leaves us with 11. So you got to be better than, in theory, three of... Cincinnati, Texas Tech, TCU, Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Baylor, Kansas, BYU, Houston. Got to be better than three of those teams, probably, if you're if you're wanting to get into the NCAA tournament. Right now, that looks like a tall task because those teams all look pretty good, and that's where this gets really interesting. And you know, the what ifs come into play. We don't need to get into those now. We haven't even started the conference season, but it will be a curious conversation as Tomlin has not been there and, and what happens with this team. And it's all right there in front of them. I think they have the talent to do that. Uh, we think that they, of course, have the coaching to do that. And some of these freshmen, I've said this for a long time, some of these freshmen are going to have to step up. That's probably the, the place for improvement is that the freshmen just continue to grow and come into larger roles as we make our way through the conference. And isn't this the period of time getting into non-conference play, knowing the struggles that this team has had in non-conference where you really lean on Jerome Tang and the way that he develops players and the relationships that he has, the culture that he's built. I mean, this is really where, you know, I think that Jerome Tang earns his money is getting this team to overachieve in the conference. And that's why I think he is so revered. I mean, and this is a completely different scenario than a year ago when Jerome Tang led the Wildcats to the, you know, the, the success that they had. They had Keontae Johnson. They had Marquise Noel. They had two marquee players on that team that led them to a ton of success in conference play and then in postseason play. 
He doesn't have Keontae Johnson. He doesn't have Marquise Noel. And so if he can have them overachieve again in the conference and have them finish in the top half of the conference, get an NCAA tournament bid, then I think it's a, a more impressive coaching job from Jerome Tang this season, knowing the deficiencies that this team has, than a year ago when you had those two marquee players. You don't have Naquan Tomlin. He was going to be your marquee player this year. Tyler Perry was touted as one of the top transfers coming in to the Wildcats this season. He really hasn't shot the ball particularly well this year. Arthur Kaluma, another top top transfer from Creighton, he's not going to be a star player. So you don't have those marquee guys on your roster this year. So if, if Tang is able to get this team to gel and work together and win conference games and they overachieve again, it's going to be an incredibly impressive coaching job from Jerome Tang. I think Arthur Kaluma can be an uh, all-conference type player. Maybe not on the first team, but he's he's been pretty consistent. I think he'll be good. I'm not sure he's going to be Keontae Johnson great, though, right? Yeah, no, I don't I don't either. I, and it's what's been interesting is Cam Carter has stepped up and grown so much, but it's almost been in spite of Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry's been disappointing this year. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's going to have to just keep shooting. He's, it, it reminds me of... Uh, it reminds me of the second year for Tyson Etienne is what it reminds me of. Yeah, you know, and, and not that they're the same age at this point in their careers, but you had this great prolific scoring season based a lot on shooting. And then in that next year, you're not hitting any shots. So then what are you? And can your team afford for you to shoot through it? I mean, we're halfway through the season right now. And Tyler Perry still isn't, you know, isn't doing what anywhere close to what K-State thought he would be doing. Um, as you know, if we look at his game logs, the most threes he's made, he's made four a couple of times, but you know, he's shooting 31% on the season from three. He's shooting 34% from the field. Now I, that's, that's certainly not what, what K-State thought he, he was going to be, you know, coming in to the season and that has been something that's been hard for them to you know to overcome because they were counting on that in such a big way for him to be that but I think that he can I think he can work his way through that and I think that that continues I mean he's a 41 percent free uh, three-point shooter when he was at North Texas and so you know it's it's, a big difference it's a it's a 10 percent drop but I'm not I don't think he's a 31 percent three-point shooter I think that if he continues to work through it in conference play, you know, I, I'm not suggesting he's going to be back up at that clip potentially, but I do think he can raise his percentage a little bit as conference play rolls on. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game this season for the Wildcats, so he is contributing. He's just not making the shots at the same sort of clip that we're used to seeing him during his career at North Texas. He's 10% worse as a shooter, both just from the field in general and from three. Um, that's what makes me think you know, it's kind of an anomaly, you know, and it's not something that, you know, I, I think that's that, why it, that's why this reminds me of Tyson Etienne. We kept saying that for, you know, and kept saying it and kept saying it and kept saying it and it just never would happen. And it's like, OK, well, maybe he's just not going to do that this year. And that's what I fear with Perry. And I don't you know, I don't know that he will or he won't. I have not met this young man. I've not talked to him. You know, Etienne kept a good attitude through it all and, and worked hard and did all that stuff. It just never happened. And so my fear is that it doesn't happen for Tyler Perry. Like, he can't get to that point again this year for whatever reason. And then what does K-State do? That's my fear. 
Now, again, Cam Carter has stepped up in a way that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. So that's been nice to see. But they don't have a lot else to take that responsibility on the roster. And that's what worries me right now. Can this team, how good can this team be if Tyler Perry doesn't shoot? Like if it doesn't happen, which I think this deep into a season is reasonable to consider at least, then what do they do? And I don't know the answer to that. You know, I, I don't know what they do if he doesn't end up being a good shooter this year. I mean, it's not like Cam Carter is lighting the world on fire with his field goal percentage either. I mean, he's shooting under 40% from the field, shooting under 30% from three. So, you know, I, he, he has sort of picked he's up the slack a little bit, but he's, yeah, he's, he's having, having to, to shoot the ball more, I think, because yeah. Tyler Perry's not making his shots. So, you know, you would like to see that balance out a little bit more. You'd like to see Tyler Perry make a few more shots to take some of the pressure off of Cam Carter. But really, the way that they have ended the non-conference play, it, they are who they are, right? It's Cam Carter having to kind of pick up the slack, shoot the ball, maybe more than Jerome Tang would like him to, just because Tyler Perry is not making his shots. Yeah, the best case scenario is Tyler Perry becomes the player that transferred in, yep. and then and then it's and then you're looking at something completely different with K State. Does that happen? We've seen a lot of basketball now, and it hasn't. So I'm not sure. They don't how finish, to expect you know, that. top half of the Big 12 or even top five in the Big 12 if Tyler Perry doesn't figure out his shooting. Uh, they, they they absolutely yeah, I, have to have that in conference play if they want to have a top half finish or even better, and then potentially look at it an at large NCAA tournament bid. I, I think we got to look at this as just trying to get into the tournament. I, I don't think we're I don't think we're looking at a top five type situation anymore without Naquan Tomlin. So it's can you grind it out and get into the tournament? And that there are plenty of years where that is a fine. And, and again, we thought that coming into this year anyway, right? We thought it was going to be just get into the tournament, just get into the tournament. It it feels now though like that is a tall task, and it has as much to do with the rest of the league as it does, you know, anything K State's doing. It's you know, all of a sudden, BYU has been out of this world this year, right? And TCU is really good again. Oklahoma and is great. Since, yeah, and Cincinnati has been really good. So, like, this, we didn't know that about some of these teams. Some of these teams, we knew they'd be great. And then some of the other teams you thought would be in the mix with K-State have had really good non-conference seasons. So, it's like, okay. Well, and none of it matters, of course, until you start playing conference games anyway. So we'll see it. I'm excited we'll see it. UCF's a perfect way for them to start, sort of like Wichita State playing North Texas tomorrow. It's a perfect way to start because that's one of the teams you know you need to be better than. So great. Get there. You start conference play with two teams you need to be better than to get things going. What a great way to start the conference season. So we'll have more on that later in the week. More K-State to talk about here today, though. The KFH hotline is open at 869-1240. Two football storylines to get into just a little bit here. Will Howard news, offensive coordinator news for Wildcat football. We'll get to both as we make our way through. It's all Brockton Caster at Sports Daily on a Wednesday.
All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster with you on a Wednesday. Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, coming up top of the next hour to join us uh, as we make our way through this midweek edition of the program. Let's start, Tommy, with the morning's news, and then we'll go back to the Mount Wells story from yesterday. But let's start with Will Howard. So Pete Dammel this morning uh, reporting that Will Howard will take an official visit to Ohio State in the upcoming days, a sign of mutual interest. Uh, he's visited both Miami and USC, is also considering the draft. This is interesting because USC's backup quarterback came in and lit it up in their bowl game, leading Lincoln Riley uh, to have some comments about, you know, maybe if you thought about coming here, you don't want to anymore. And I don't think there's any chance a coach says that unless he's trying to make it clear that this is our guy next year which sort of takes you know, Will Howard out of the USC mix. Now, there were some reports that that was a done deal, but it was never made official, and we were careful with that because you know these transfer – and look, I applaud the people trying to follow this because I'm not going to do it. So you know, everything is grain of salt probably until you see the players themselves make the announcement, right? Or until you see you know, a more – a traditional college football reporter get in on something like it. You just sort of have to wait on everything. And and that was certainly the case with this USC thing. So it's not USC. Ohio State is the team that jumped out to the front for everybody. That's an even better spot than USC as far as his chances probably to win a national championship. Maybe not quite as good uh, as far as playing with a quarterback guru, although Ohio State's been pretty good in that field with Ryan Day, right? C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, like they've been sending some guys too. So maybe it is a just fine spot. They've certainly had the the playmakers around their quarterbacks over the years. So I, I suppose that would be fine for Will Howard. Miami would probably be fine. The draft is interesting. Will Howard will make more money if he stays in college football and lands at one of these programs than he will if he goes into the NFL draft, most likely. You know, unless he got drafted high for some reason. But, you know, everybody talks about how Arch Manning's making more money than Brock Purdy. And it's like, okay, guys. Uh, So he's got a chance to make more money in college football. I kind of hope that's where he ends up. He's not declaring for the draft. I read that part of it with Pete Thamel. Well, he might if he doesn't have a landing spot. Yeah, but I think he's going to have a landing spot. There are high-profile programs that would absolutely salivate at the chance to have Will Howard for a year be their quarterback. Um, and, and I think that Ohio State is a great landing spot for him. I like that better than Miami as a potential for him. I think that Ohio State with Ryan Day on the national stage, not that Miami isn't on the national stage, but Ohio State is in a position and they, they always are in a position to get a ton of attention and have all that attention on Will Howard where he can then, if he has a good year next season, build his draft stock, build that profile up. If he declares for the draft now, I mean, I'm sure he'd be drafted in maybe the later rounds. He's going to be probably a backup. He's probably going to be, you know, competing for, I don't know, a second string or third string position, a practice squad type player on an NFL roster. If he stays in college, number one, as you mentioned, he's going to be making more money. And number two, he's got an opportunity to raise that draft stock and maybe be a more high profile quarterback in the draft a year from now. So I think that it makes a lot of sense for him to look at Ohio State. And the fact that Pete Thamel mentioned that there's mutual interest, I mean, I think that's fairly likely. I mean, I don't see Will Howard going from 
potentially going to USC to be their starting quarterback to all of a sudden, no, I'm not going to stay in college. I'm going to enter the draft, go in the later rounds, and maybe be on a practice squad somewhere. I don't, I don't see that being the case for Will Howard next season. I think Ohio State is the most likely landing spot. Well, look, like Will Howard's not lit up the radar at K-State really at any point. Um, he's His numbers have been pretty good. They were pretty good this year. 2,600 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, we know he can run a little when he needs to run a little. Um, I, it's going to be interesting because I think we still we saw a little more of a shaky Will Howard than we did when he was called upon last year. And so it, do, it does create a little bit of doubt. But he's been good the last couple of years. He'd like to see his completion percentage higher, of course. He would never have, like, if he went to Ohio State, he's likely going to be working with, you know, a group of pass catchers because Ohio State's been maybe the best in football at that the last few years, that that maybe he can take that next step. We'll see. It's it's going to be interesting to see. I, right now, the you know, the vibe I get from Ohio State fans is they would be very excited about Will Howard, and that's good. Will Howard's got to find a spot, Tommy, where he's going to go be the guy and not maybe in the mix to be the guy. Like that That's the part of this that gets really hard for Will Howard. Is it better? And, and the money obviously would be a factor. But is it better to go be the unquestioned starter at, let's say, Miami or a guy that's in the mix to start for Ohio State? If the money is relatively similar, which I I think it probably would be, which one of those is more attractive if you're Will Howard? I think being the unquestioned starter is important for Will Howard. I think he that, that has got to be a part of the equation for him because the end game is to elevate your profile enough to, you know, to go to the NFL draft and do these things. So I, I think that part of it is interesting. And that's, you know, for Ohio State, it's like, okay, well, you know, what kind of quarterbacks have they been recruiting? Probably some of the best in the country. Who's on that roster? Like, what, what, is he, what is he up against there that he wouldn't be up against at maybe, you know, a program on that next tier, like Miami, you know? And, and, and so I don't know. I don't know what the best place is, but I, I would imagine that's why this is taking such a long time and has been such a drawn-out process for Will Howard, who was one of the first to enter the portal and has been one of the last of the high-profile guys to find his spot. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the patience that it's taking um, and, and the time that it's taking for Will Howard to figure out the best fit for him. I really, truly believe that if he was going to enter the draft, he would have done so already. He would have announced his intentions to do that. And I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a question of, is there a right landing spot? Because I think that there is. I think that even if it's not Ohio State, I mean, let's say that it's not and it's a program like Miami or maybe another program that we have not talked North about Carolina. or we don't know about. Right. Right. I think any one of those scenarios is better than Will Howard declaring for the draft right now. If he comes out and declares for the draft, yeah, I do too. then my, my mind goes to, man, what happened in this process? Because this is not the best path for Will Howard to have long-term, long-lasting success at the next level. I I think if I were in Will Howard's shoes, and again, this is hard when you're young, but Will Howard's you know way smarter and more mature than I was at that age. 
I, I think probably the most in, in legitimately, and this is where this all gets really interesting, the most important thing probably for Will Howard right now this next year is where can he make some money? Because it's no guarantee in the NFL. Right. Right. Will Howard, if he were to go in now, would be in he'd be in this range of like maybe you get drafted. Maybe you stay on a roster. I've known so many guys coming from a Division II school that had a, as high profile an offense as there was. Our, our quarterbacks at West Texas were in the league in some capacity every year for like a decade, whether they were on practice squads, whether they made active rosters, whether they got drafted or were undrafted free agents. Like every one of them for a stretch, and some of them saw playing time in the NFL, would make it in. But I know how hard that life is because I knew those guys personally at that time. We were all in school together, and it's tough. I mean, you're you're you know you're not, it's not glamorous at all. You don't know if you're going to get a paycheck. Like when you do, it's not some insane amount of money like people think it is. The money now, though, to go be a starting quarterback at a high profile school, it for for those guys, the money to do that is significantly higher. Right? Like you could go you could go bounce around practice squads for three or four years in the NFL and not make as much money as Will Howard could potentially make finding the right landing spot that's and starting why, for one year at these places. That's why don't you think that if this all when it's all said and done, he declares for the draft, there's something wrong with this process. Well no, it's that he couldn't find the right spot. He couldn't find the, the fit that But there that there's going there's gotta be a spot. I mean, for the money that potentially is there, even at know. a a, a school that's a tier down from Ohio State or even a tier down from Miami. <laughs> there are schools out there that he can still make some money at where it's going to be a better financial decision for him to stay in college one more year than to try his hand at the NFL this coming season. Do I think that he's got the potential to be an NFL quarterback? Yeah, I think he does. Maybe. I think, I think that he has the build and the frame and the sure. talent and the arm, yes, to be in the NFL. But I think he needs one more year in college to be at a higher level and to get more exposure in that way. And so if he enters the draft now, he's missing out on an opportunity to really not only earn this coming season, but earn long term also. I, there's no question, but the op right opportunity has to be there, too. I I, I think it's... Again, if this were me, it would be as simple as I have to make as much money as I can this year because nothing's guaranteed after this point. Like, this could be it. For my earning potential as a quarterback, this could be it. This could be the last big chance that I get. In fact, I would say it probably is. It's not an if. It's it's a probable. You know, I think the chances that Will Howard reaches a second contract in the NFL are lower than, and that's no offense to Will Howard, that's just the nature of the business. It's hard to do. I think the chances of that are lower than his chances to go get a nice check this year and and go, and so but that's you have where to keep in mind, I love this. You though. have to keep I, I in mind, this. though, in the NFL, I mean, this has been the year of the backup quarterbacks and the names right. of some of these quarterbacks that are starting games in the NFL that we had never heard of before this year it's bigger than i think it ever has been now you heard of them did Jake you know, browning was one of the great quarterbacks in washington history did you know who easton stick was before this year did, yes did you know who tommy devito was before this year you didn't no. know who these guys were i knew who easton stick and jake browning were i didn't know who tommy devito was i'll give you that okay one. No so idea. there are a number of quarterbacks that probably this 
Not but this Tommy, exact those same are, conversation. Those guys are had. playing, but none of those that we just mentioned are guaranteed to get a second contract. In fact, I would guess that Tommy DeVito does not. So he's really never going to get a huge check in the NFL. But he had an opportunity, right? right? And that's all you need is an opportunity. Uh, totally. That I agree with that. I we're I totally agree. What I'm saying Skyler is Skyler Thompson got an opportunity, right? Yep. And there's no guarantee he gets a second contract yeah. either. It is better. It what what is wild about this and what this has become is it may be better financially for so many of these players to stick around in college. And that's why when when transfer portal and NIL first started, this was one of the things I've always pointed to that will enhance the college game, is that there will be for a lot of players, a much it will be a better financial decision for them to stay in college than to go pro, and that's going to make the college game better. It just is because you're going to have some guys that are really, really good players stick around a little longer than they would have maybe normally, and that's fantastic. I mean, that is so cool, and and I love that we're going to see Will Howard play somewhere. I I I, will, I can't wait to root for him wherever he ends up. I can't wait for it, and and so. We'll see. I think he, you know, Ohio State makes a lot of sense. And Ohio State's going to be, I just want Will Howard to get paid. I want Will Howard for, you know, for all the work and effort he's put into being a quarterback. I want him to earn some money for doing that. And so I hope he lands somewhere where he can look back on all that hard work and say, man, that was awesome. Now I'm going to go start the rest of my life. Also, my final thing on this is that knowing the way Pete Thamel reports things, he's not going to report that there's mutual interest if oh, there's, there's not mutual yeah. interest, if Ryan there's Day is sure. not interested in Will Howard, Thamel's not reporting that. So he's no very question. deliberate in all of that. And so I like that a lot as opposed to, you know, the reporting of Will Howard's going to Ohio State for a visit, period. It's Ohio It's Ohio State has mutual interest in Will Howard. Yeah. That, to yeah. me, that that is leading towards a progression of more than likely he'll be the Ohio State quarterback. All right, let's go to uh, let's let's take a break. Let's give some H two O out, and then we'll get into Matt Wells in our final segment of this hour. We've got Kevin Saul coming up top of the next hour. Uh, the KFH Hotline is open right now for a couple of H two O brew house coffees, iced hot, whatever you would like. You can get them a couple of them for free on us here at Sports Daily. Those are good at the East Wichita location and the Derby location of H two O. Good luck, everybody. We'll come back. Matt Wells looks like he will be. The offensive coordinator, nothing final yet, but we'll dig into that reporting yesterday and what we think of that potential hire for K-State next on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Sports Daily. Jake Valbrock here alongside Tommy Castor, Jad Chambers producing So a story yesterday comes out from a couple of different places. I think, uh, you know, the KC Star had it. I believe GoPowerCat.com for sure had it. I'm not sure all the other places that had it, but it was at least those two that Matt Wells has emerged and that there is uh, certainly interest in the reporting went as far as closing in on was the terminology, both the reports I saw, that Matt Wells could be coming to help lead the offense. Now, a couple of things. Matt Wells, you might remember, uh, kind of a short tenure there at Texas Tech as the head coach at Texas Tech, not wildly successful. Um, He was also at Utah State and was wildly successful there before at Texas Tech. He's been helping out with the offense at Oklahoma most recently. And so I, I think there will probably be some mixed reviews 
I would I would point K State fans though to the fact that Wells was a big part of the development, you know, notably to Jordan Love. And worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. That Jordan Love was better with Wells than without him. The reporting would indicate that Wells would work alongside Connor Riley. Uh, to run the offense. It, it all, what I don't know about it is this like an administrative offensive coordinator role. Is he directly calling plays? Like, I don't know those things. I also know that Chris Kleiman loves Matt Wells, has called Matt Wells at times one of his best friends in the industry. I mean, time and time and time again, when they played each other or when Texas Tech ever came up, Kleiman always found great things to say about Matt Wells. So Matt Wells would make a lot of sense. It would bring a lot of experience to it. I think there's, of course, the piece of work with quarterbacks that he had with Jordan Love that you get with Avery Johnson. And that part of it is attractive, certainly. I don't know what it means for Connor Riley, who did a good job in the bowl game, certainly, who has worked with Avery Johnson in the past. I don't know how much of it is an indictment there. And I do think it's different than when Colin Klein was elevated. Colin Klein was thought of as an up-and-comer. Colin Klein, I, I think at that point, you know, when he was elevated, had already become a big name in the recruiting world. Uh, and we'll talk to Tim Fitzgerald about this tomorrow. But th- I, I think there are a lot of differences when he was elevated versus Connor Riley. So bringing in Matt Wells does make some sense to me. And, you know, there will be a lot of pressure on that offense to be good with Avery Johnson next year. And we know the relationship exists. I mean, Chris Kleiman told us for years that it existed with Matt Wells. He was at Oklahoma this year helping that offense when that offense really did turn it around from a year ago and was much better this year and did seem to make progress. So all of it to me is an absolute, yeah, this makes sense of a hire when we talk about Matt Wells potentially coming to K-State. Now, since that initial reporting yesterday, oh, it would have been early afternoon yesterday, 
I haven't seen anything else since, but you know, you had you had two major K State outlets looking into it. My guess is they're uh, getting into the you know the minutia of some sort of contract or whatever. But I, I I think it seems like this is likely, and and again, I I I kind of think it's a good fit. I I kind of think this is a good fit. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, it 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 will it will enhance. I think what K State is able to do offensively, and it, and it lowers the risk to some degree. And it also, in theory, based on the reporting we've seen, and again, we got to see the details of it, allows Connor Riley to potentially continue to grow as well, and and see what he can do with some enhanced responsibility, uh, because those reports were very similar. In and they both mentioned that same thing in conjunction with. So, you know, I, I don't know what exactly and specifically the roles look like, but I certainly don't mind the experience in the room if that is, in fact, the case, if they do get this deal done. And you know that it's a relationship thing with Chris Kleiman. All right, Mark won our HTO Brewhouse Coffee. Congratulations to Mark. Uh, Jad tells me this was also uh, the same Mark that won some of our Adam Sandler ticket winners, and and he said that show was awesome. We're glad to have sent you there for that, Mark. Uh, glad that that worked out for you, and uh, and and did uh, that you had a good time and enjoy the HTO on us here at Sports Daily. Okay, we'll have uh, we'll have Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul coming up at the top of the hour. So the Shockers, you know, different than the Big Twelve teams, different than KU and K State. They get conference play going tomorrow night, and I, I believe they continue conference play here uh, with the women's team tonight. So you have plenty to talk about right now with Wichita State. We'll get into all of it with Kevin Saul as we make our way into and through the second hour of the program. Uh, The Shocker women play Rice tonight. That's a 7 o'clock tip. Uh, They got off to a nice start in the conference play. You know, they'd sort of been stumbling through, but they get a win to open the conference season against Tulane. And now they go on the road for their next one tonight at Rice. And the men... When we talk about the Shocker men, and we'll get much more into this in just a minute, you know, you come out of that game against Kansas, and you couldn't get it done against either Kansas State or Kansas, and I'm not sure that the expectation should have been. Uh, but Kansas was a tough game and a tough matchup. Now you come home and you face North Texas, and you face Temple. And this is it, you know, before you get back-to-back against Memphis and Florida Atlantic. So, you know, you look at that and think about that. North Texas is a team you want to be competing with near the top of the league, right in that next tier. Temple's a game you need to win even on the road because then it's Memphis and it's Florida Atlantic. And and certainly, you know, that you don't want to get into a situation where you've opened up 0-4 or something like that. So there is a little pressure here. Uh, because of the way this schedule rolls out for them to get out to a quick start in conference play because they do get those two difficult games right there at the beginning. And then and and in reality, they get their second round with each of those teams, you know, relatively quickly, too. They will have played four games against Memphis and Florida Atlantic by February 11th, which is about halfway through their conference schedule. So you get these games early. Uh, you get both rounds of it uh, relatively early. So. It's a pretty high-profile, pretty high-intensity game tomorrow against North Texas. And by the way, it's one at home. We'll talk to Kevin Saul about that and everything going on at Wichita State when we return. Hour number two of Sports Daily coming up. You're listening to it on Wichita's most listened to sports radio, KFH. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.